welcome to MindShift, where we explore how mindsets can help you live a life of passion and purpose. On this show, we'll explore how our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs shape our outlook on life and influence our decisions. We'll talk to experts from various fields and hear from individuals who have transformed their lives by adopting new mindsets. Whether you're feeling stuck, searching for life's purpose, or simply curious about the power of the mind and how it's changing the future, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to MindShift. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button and follow along for some tips and tools on how to become your best self. Today I have a very exciting guest that I'm really, really looking forward to talking with. She is into the biohacking space and for any of you guys that follow me, you know that I'm all about measuring, all about really understanding our our biology on a different level. And when there's just these really awesome devices that are helping people, then I love being able to talk to people and how they've had a really big impact in their life. So today I have Jenny Bucci and she's going to share with us uh, about this hand cradle that really helped um, give her some biofeedback so she can understand a bunch of different things um, from trauma and being able to just really measure different things going on within your biology. So Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cody. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So I just want to start right at the beginning with your, your son having these fevers, your son being sick, you not really knowing how to help him. And then finally being introduced to this, to this hand cradle and this whole different, world um, starting to open up to you. So what was what was going on with your son? And what were some of like the barriers that you were coming up against? Um, Yeah, great question. So about five years ago, my son started having these monthly reoccurring, uh, really high fevers. And um, he'd always been a very healthy kid. And he rarely ever got sick. So I didn't think much of it when, you know, one, month one, month two, a uh, fever started happening. But once we got into like months three, four and five, I started to uh, really freak out as any parent would do and start to feel very concerned. Like this is starting to become a pattern. And I don't understand why he's had more fevers now than he's had in his whole life in the last five months. And when you start to look on the internet, that just amplifies the scariness of it for a parent. (laughs) Uh, So I was really trying to get some answers. And I felt so blessed uh, that a friend of mine told me about this biofeedback practitioner. So I never heard of that before. I didn't know what to expect, but he told me if he can leave his hand on the hand cradle for about an hour, we can get some good information and find out the root cause of fevers. Uh, for him specifically. So I was totally interested and gave it a shot and went there. And um, I was uh, absolutely amazed how in one hour, in one visit, one hour, we got so much information as to why these fevers were happening. And he gave me uh, a remedy to help my son with the fevers. And that in itself was amazing. Um, And I could have walked away and been so happy with that. But the real like... uh, (sighs) The, the most amazing part of the story for me was to find out why the fevers were happening to begin with. And so um, what happens when we do the biofeedback is that it's collecting information from the body and it comes up in a form uh, that's called biomarkers. 
right? And so my son had this biomarker that was really, really out of range. And it was called the echo fever of 83. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And he said, well, it was a, a strand of a fever that was so prevalent in 83 that it gave it this name. And I, <laughs> I was so shocked when I really started putting the puzzle together because uh, I was my, my, I was born in 85. So I'm like, it, it wasn't through me. Right. So then uh, he's bringing out to me that it had to be through my husband. But in 1983, my husband was five years old and he went to the hospital with a 106 fever and he was hallucinating and they had to hook him up to IVs. They didn't know what was going on with him. And he always talks about this because he remembers the hallucination, but his mom always talks about it because she was freaking out as a parent. Right. And they had no idea what this fever why he was having this this fever and so now to see that my son has this dormant biomarker that's in his body this this strand of a fever virus that was like dormant and now awakened and causing the fevers blew me away and i don't think i ever would have got that answer had i went like the traditional bring him to the hospital or bring him to the regular doctor route right this was like specific information from his body that was done through this form of technology where they didn't even have to prick him to get blood to find out this information. So after that, um, after that visit, I was blown away by the technology and he didn't get those fevers anymore, you know, and I'm not going to say he never got a fever again. He never got a fever because of that reason. You know, when we, when we had COVID, we all had fevers, right? <laughs> we get the flu, we get a fever, but it wasn't because of that reason anymore because we treated that and we addressed that issue. That's absolutely fascinating. And I'm, I'm, I've gone a lot into epigenetics and how, you know, we are predisposed for all kinds of different things. And, uh, environment and different factors will kind of flip that switch. And so it's really fascinating to me that they, you know, found that one of his genes got turned on that really uh, let this, this fever from his dad actually kind of, kind of manifest in him. And I agree. I don't think that the the normal way of looking at things and, and going to the doctor and they, you know, do the, the symptom cluster and say, yeah, he has a fever, take this medicine, he'll be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not just necessarily a one-time thing. It's something that's like reoccurring over and over and over again. And it's something that isn't just going away, which is kind of our, our standard medical practice. So after going to the doctor and after um, really understanding this whole, whole different side of how we can, can look at things and, and kind of look and get this biofeedback, uh, what was it you did next with it? What was it that um, you, you started seeing other possibilities? Did you like start researching this and then start finding out about different like trauma and different things that it can help uh, us become aware of? Or, or how did you kind of lead into the, the next phase of, of understanding what this device can actually do? Right. So that experience was the experience that introduced me to this, the world of this technology and how it could find out specific things about our body. And so um, not maybe like a couple of years after that incident, um, you know, I always had that practitioner as a resource for other things, but it wasn't until I was having like these uh, heavy problems in my marriage that I was led to that to the next part of, of how this technology is amazing. But um, my husband and I were just, uh, I don't know, we were struggling, we were struggling bad. <laughs> and um, we're going we're gonna to be together 20 years now, uh, 15 years married. 
but it just felt like at that time we were just on this hamster wheel and constantly arguing about the same thing. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Um, and, and I just was trying to figure out, like, you start to feel trapped after a while, you know, you just like, I, I can't keep having the same argument over and over. My home is becoming like, feeling like a toxic place, you know, I feel like there's no peace at home. And I don't know what the heck to do. So that practitioner had on the, on his website information about a therapy that uses that same hand cradle, and the therapy is called Evox. And so I looked started researching a little bit about that. And I was just like, wow, this, this just sounds really amazing and different. Um, I'm going to check this out. So went to that practitioner and it, again, but now for myself, and this therapy works a little different. Yes, the hand is on the hand cradle, but you're also now speaking. It's, it's, it's uh, works off of voice mapping, right? So it's energy work through the, your frequencies that are gathered from your hand, but also this, the energy that's gathered through your voice when you talk about a topic that's stressing you out. And so in this situation, I'm talking about my husband for an hour inventing all the things <laughs> uh, in attempt to salvage my marriage because I, I didn't want the marriage to end. I want, I just want it to be better and be how it used to be. I want to restore what it used to be. And <clears throat> I uh, was absolutely amazed by this therapy. Evox completely changed my life. So I had one session with this practitioner and the next morning you just, I just woke up like today's totally different than yesterday. And uh, I just started to address my husband differently. I started to like be aware of things in a different way because what it does is it reframes your perception and perception is everything, right? You change your perception, you, you change your life because you start making better choices. You start like being aware of different things that you might have not noticed before because we tend to be creatures of habit, right? We have our patterns that are set in us and now the set and I, I was breaking those patterns. So one session changed uh, like me, my marriage, uh, Three sessions just totally catapulted the whole thing because after the third session, I just felt like peace was restored in my home. We're getting along again. We're we're jiving, and he didn't do anything. It was me, you know. Um, I can't fix you can't fix another person. You can only address yourself. So that those three sessions were so powerful to help me understand. Um, it, it, it just it's all subconscious work I should probably you know emphasize that most um that all of this works with the subconscious and we can consciously know the things that are wrong I knew there was problems in the marriage but subconsciously we can't change that about ourselves um unless we know how to address that and that's what the therapy was doing was addressing the subconscious to break those patterns and shift my perspective so that I could bring uh that peace in my marriage again and so our home has been totally different since then and and it's such a wonderful thing because I felt like uh you know, you feel happy again, you feel peaceful at home, you, you, you know, changes the dynamic of the family with my son and all of that, right? It's a domino yeah. effect. So it was, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you uh, put that perspective is everything because it really is, you know, whatever we, we it's, it's kind of like the old saying from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's so true because if we, if we already have defeated ourselves, if we already decided you know, nothing's going to help my marriage and we don't even try and get into that other perspective, then we failed before we ever started. But once we start becoming aware, we can, you know, work on ourselves and really understand 
our own issues that are running the show, it really helps us shift into this perspective of, oh, maybe I can have more understanding on this. Maybe I can, you know, be a little bit more sympathetic on this and really tapping into that parasympathetic nervous system and out Mm -hmm. of sympathetic, right? To really where the programming lives, where uh, the trauma lives and really trying to kind of transform that. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious when you were going through this process, what were some of the things that were popping up for you? What were the, some of the things that you were all of a sudden becoming aware of to shift that perspective for you? Well, that was really interesting um, because I was totally not expecting uh, the direction that it took to change courses. So one of the um, results from the therapies that I had was a lot of information about how a lot of this stemmed and could have started from the relationship that I had with my mother as a child, right? So it was saying that a person who is having this situation, this problem, could be because they either grew up without a mother or w- with a neglectful mother. And when I read that about myself, like I felt like I could have fell off my chair because I was talking about my husband. I wasn't talking about my mother. And to to see the correlation between that just really blew me away. Um, one of the sessions I had wrote down all the, a list of all the things I wanted to like kind of vent about, about my husband so that I didn't forget I, what I wanted to talk about. Right. So I had this list and a few days after that, that last session, um, I went back and I looked at that list and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my mom. Like that's totally her. She does all those things that he does. And I had no idea. And I didn't realize that he was triggering me the way that she triggers me. And now having that information was so powerful because like over the course of the, like then that stretch of time, I found things from subconsciously started popping up in my head. And it was like a lot of childhood stuff, stuff with my mom, like, and I was getting angry. So I felt really, really good and at peace with my husband and things were great at home. And I felt so happy at home, but like in my head, I started to like really be angry at my mom and and feeling like, I don't understand why I'm so upset with her. So the practitioner was helping me to appreciate, you know, that if we um, never grieved, you know, if we never grieved that part of our life, it's going to keep coming up. It's like an, it's like a loop that's not addressed and it's a trauma that's not addressed. And I was like, I don't understand grief because she's not dead. She's alive. And so I always associated that word with death. And she's like, you could grieve something you never had. And if you never had that cuddly, nurturing mom, you didn't have that mom that supported you. You didn't have that mom who was just like, my mom was, my mom's bipolar. And I guess I just always like, oh, she's sick. She's bipolar. Like she's stuck on the couch. She can't take me to school. She can't come to my swim meets, even though I was like an excellent, like high level swimmer, like just things that you start thinking about and you're like, well, she's sick. But now I'm angry. Now I'm not accepting that, uh, that 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 was the situation. I was like upset. And so that's what led me to start like now evoxing about my mom. Let me address the root issues and learning about traumas and how those things start from childhood. And then we can attract the partner that can remind us subconsciously of, you know, our one of our parents from childhood. Right. So then understanding my relationship with my husband on a whole nother level, but now knowing I need I have a lot more work to do. And that was just what led to, to me wanting to be a trauma-informed coach, wanting me that that inspired me to want to open this as a business and help other people because now I felt like if only more people knew, you know, how how this could help them, because 
I, in my marriage and, and in that part of my life, I felt so peaceful. I felt so just like light. I felt like this weight was lifted off. But then as far as with my mom, had a lot of work to do. And now that I've, I'm doing the work, that's still like a, a work in progress always. I feel like that it's just once we realize that things are a journey <laughs> and that there's they're not, you know, you're kind of always learning and you're always working on yourself. But now I just feel so it's such a different place, like such a, in, in a higher, calm, elevated, peaceful place in my life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a place now where I can help my mom even, you know, because I felt like I was holding on to a lot of anger and resentment and now release that. And now I see her and I'm like, mommy, I want to, I want to help you with this therapy too, you know? Mm. And so it's just becoming like a full circle moment uh, for me. That's beautiful and and really, really powerful. And I love that um, that you took it back to childhood trauma because I think a lot of us don't really understand how much programming happens as a kid. And you know, it's usually of us trying to protect ourselves, us trying to make sense of a world that we really don't understand yet. And as a result, these can can play throughout our adulthood. I know for me, I've had something very, very similar happen just this last year of going through some therapy and understanding that, you know, there was a lot of toxic masculinity shown to me as a kid. And as a result, I, I buried my own masculinity. I, you know, assumed that all masculinity was toxic. And so in my little, you know, five-year-old brain, I was like, well, if that's what masculinity is, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to be this like mean person that hurts people and, and is abrupt and all of that. And, uh, and then I also, understood later on going through this work and really understanding my own traumas that I don't, um, I never processed this rejection that I felt as a kid of this mm -hmm. unworthiness. And as yes. a result in our, in my adulthood, there's just this, this layer, my subconscious that was running the show of, you know, I would feel defeated and unworthy anytime I perceived anything as uh, rejection. And it's, it's, so powerful and it's so um it's just such a fascinating thing like that these things can be running the show in our subconscious and us be completely unaware of it yeah and then when we do you know i mean any change any perception shift has to happen through awareness if you're not aware of it then we cannot you know, shift this energy. It's just running the show and, and we don't even know that it's even there. So going forward, then you saw this completely transform how you were showing up, become aware of some deep embedded traumas that happened to you as a kid, even stuff that, you know, maybe weren't even that traumatic, but still was, you know, not what you needed as a mm -hmm. child. Right. And, um, and then that kind of got you into like, I really need to show people this. I really need to help people understand their own traumas. Um, I'm curious, has, has your mom tried the hand cradle yet? Yeah. 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 She's tried, she's tried it. Um, I want to say she's, we've done like four sessions and, um, we've only done four. We haven't done more only because, uh, because she's bipolar when she's manic in that manic state can't can't work with a person like that they have to be like you know you have to have a good foundation so when she's like in her good taking her medication and she's in a good state of mind that's the time to work on yourself right but uh when she's in that manic place we 
I just have to let her ride out that wave, you know? So, so that might take a couple months, but then, then when she's back on track, then that's when we start doing the work. So that, that's, that's what I want to see like in a year from now or in two, because I know she's got a lot of trauma. Like I know she has a lot of trauma. I know she didn't just get to this place. Uh, now that I can understand and appreciate more of things from her childhood and everything, uh, I can come from more compassion and empathy for her, you know? And I love that you mentioned about the feelings of unworthiness and the fearfulness, because that's the stuff I'm addressing now too, that I wasn't aware of and being aware of now. Um, just trying to open up my business because that brings up a whole other set of things that you didn't know were there until all of a sudden you're trying to do something uh, that you never done before and, and fear of putting myself out there or feeling those feelings of unworthiness. There's there, you know, that's why I say that this is like an ongoing work and we're always trying to work on ourselves. And, and a lot of it is just being aware of the things that we need to work on. So. Yeah. And I love that. I really uh, absolutely agree with you that this, this type of work, it's, it's tough. It's really, really hard and it's never ending. You know, there's always these deeper layers. There's always ways for us to improve, to do better and to discover more about ourselves as a result. And, and it's just so true. Like the, once you, I mean, you either ignore it your whole life and keep showing up the same way and, you know, feel inadequate and all these things that kind of go along with that, or you start really diving into like, what is it that's making me feel this way? What is it that's making me show up the way I am? And can I change it? Can I, can I work on this and become my best self? And it's so incredibly important. So when people are coming to you and they're working through their own um, past, their own traumas, their own uh, programming that shows up, what are, what are some of the main things that you're seeing people struggle with become aware of um what are some of like the i mean is it all um around childhood trauma and maybe some of this like neglect and non-nurturing or um what are some of the things that you have seen people becoming aware of and kind of that aha moment of what's been running the show um i feel like people come to me for different maybe for different reasons but it kind of all stems back to the childhood. Um, and even the the report that is shown up because uh, you get a report at the end of each session. And a lot of them, you know, could be childhood trauma. Some of them are transgenerational traumas, right? Things that we've inherited from our parents, our grandparents, right? Like um, energies that had been transferred the same way that uh, we could inherit our hair color, our eye color. We can inherit this surge of anxiety and not understand why but you know maybe our grandparents experienced crazy trauma and that stuff was passed down right um i'm thinking about in my own life my my mother's side's cuban right they fled cuba they fled castro they came to seek a better life and come here and that in itself you know has a lot of emotions and stuff that are, are are packed behind there and then the hardest part i think is to to, to dig that stuff out you know, to do the work. So a lot of people I've seen so far, yeah, have you know, you know, you want the per you have the person who wants the quick fix. I just want to fix this one thing in my life. But then, uh, and you know, I'm I'm great to help that person. But what what really fills my cup is the person who wants to go on the journey, who wants to dig deep, who wants to like 
how you know the how and the why behind everything and kind of um really address the deeper issues and not everyone wants to go there is what i'm <laughs> is what i'm finding because it's hard right it's like being really vulnerable and talking about stuff that we don't want to even think about you know now we got to talk about it during a therapy set. so um not everyone's willing to go there and that's fine, you know, you got to respect everybody and where they're at in their journey. Um, and so I'll see a range of people, but I feel like the ones who see the most results are the ones who really dig deep into transgenerational trauma, their childhood trauma, like all of that. And that that's those are the people who get just so much way more out of it um, than if you just come in for a session or two about one thing in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... And I, I think that you would agree that the people that do come in for the, you know, one session or two sessions, and then just I want to focus on that one thing, don't really fully address that one thing, yeah. because there's so many layers, there's so many things. I mean, the reason why you feel fearful or inadequate or, or whatever the thing that may be popping up is, is not just a, you know, one or two session thing, because there's so yeah. many different layers that add. Yes. To it. And that's what it is, the layers. And we're like a web. Everything's all woven together. And if, if things are not resolved, they loop around in our body. It's like an imprint, this negative imprint that just keeps going around there until you address it. Absolutely. And I love that you put it that way. There's, um, I, I'm a, a licensed massage therapist. And in my school, they were talking about how in um, the Eastern modalities and, and Eastern medicine, they focus on energy first and the energy that's showing up. Mm -hmm. And one thing that, that I found really interesting, and there was some, some really fascinating studies on it, is that people that have um, like silenced their own voice, for instance, you know, I know um, one of my good friends and uh, she's older, said that she felt like she never had a voice. That she mm -hmm. always, you know, um, that nobody listened to her, that, you know, nobody uh, valued her opinion. And as a result of, of essentially shutting down her own voice her entire life, likely because of childhood trauma and, and maybe not being listened to or not being nurtured by your mom or, you know, combination of all of it. She now has Hashimoto's, which is, you know, mm -hmm. the thyroid, which is right here. And yeah. we're finding more and more when we have this, this stuck energy within our body that, and it, it doesn't have anywhere to go, that it does manifest as physical disease. Yes. I love that you brought that out. That's, that's a big takeaway for that. I, I think people who are like hesitant to talk about the things should really think about uh, where, where what can happen in 10, 20, 30 years, if you don't address the things, it will manifest itself in the body. So learning uh, uh, for me was huge learning about like, how all the different organs hold different emotions. And so uh, for me, uh, when I do my my biofeedback scans, a lot of times it'll show that my lungs have weakness, right, that they need some support. And the lungs hold sadness, they hold grief. Um, so and now it just suddenly makes sense to me why, why I struggle to get like a really full breath of air. <laughs> uh, like I breathe very shallow. Um, it makes sense to me why I always wake up between three and five o'clock in the morning. I always wake up at 3.30. But if you look into like the horary clock in traditional Chinese medicine, they the clocks that shows the the every two hours, there's an organ that gets a surge of energy. And um, for me, it's that that window because that organ um, 
is just is just a weaker organ because I'm addressing these these things that still have to get you know done. But yeah, you know, your people have a lot of stomach issues because they shove things down and they're holding on to like resentment or just the different organs have different uh, emotions attached to them. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you uh, that you brought it up that way and how you literally do like hold different emotions in your body. I know for me, from from a result of this trauma that uh, that I've had in my childhood, I've had stomach issues my entire life. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had um, I mean, everything from shame around, you know, Mm -hmm. my stomach to just these different underlying unease is the really only way I could describe it. And um, you know, during one of my last, uh, big therapy sessions where I was working on all of this, there was, there was this blockage there. There was this, this energy that wasn't moving that was stuck right there. And I, you know, it's kind of hard to explain and I don't like to get too woo woo on it, but it was literally just this, this blockage in me. And it was really all these unresolved emotions that I was feeling and that I was holding on to there. And, uh, and it really is so powerful to, uh, transform that energy. And, you know, I'm still doing work on it. I still, yeah. you know, it's still a process, but at the same time, the relief that does come as a result of finally acknowledging these emotions, knowing that they're there and being able to say, okay, let's, let's do some work here. Right? Yeah. That's powerful. I love that. That's great. And so I think it all starts with that self-awareness, right? We can't address what we don't know we need to work on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That awareness really does help us shift out of this. uh, I don't know what's going on to, okay, I can do this. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So before I ask you the last question, where can people find you? Um, And then do you, do you have the hand cradle that you can, can show people? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this is what the hand cradle looks like. It works off of galvanic skin response. So when your hands on there, it's picking up uh, the energy from your nervous system. Right. Um, and yeah, I, my website, if anyone is interested in this form of therapy, um, you can uh, reach out to me. It's blissfullybalance.com or you can email me Jenny at blissfullybalance.com and the same thing on Facebook. That's awesome. And for anybody following the show, if you want to work with Jenny, I will include all those links in the show notes so you can more easily find her and, uh, you know, message her and, and figure out, um, you know, what you need to work on. And so my last question for you is um, going forward with, with everything you're working on and going forward with working on your, your own stuff. Um, what, what is the most important thing that you've gotten from your, your work that you've done from these emotions that you've discovered from this trauma that you've discovered? Um, what are, you know, just one little step for people that may be stuck, they may be saying, Oh, maybe I have something here, you know, what was one of like the big awarenesses uh, that you kind of got from this? And and how can people start kind of changing the perspective of even around therapy or around this type of work? Um, I think one of the big things to know about this therapy is that it's, it's not what you say. And that's big. Um, and I give an example. Uh, if you ask me, hey, Jenny, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. I said the words, I'm fine. But you can probably detect like some form of sadness, right? Um, so, and it, the same if you said, if I said, I'm fine. 
Yeah, it's the same words, but now you can detect like maybe anger, right? So this therapy works off of our voice, not the words. So there's no words being recorded. And uh, I tell people, if you're not really comfortable sharing those deep rooted things, you know, you don't really want to get verbalize all of those deep, deep things, you can talk in a way that is, is it's, it's attaching the frequency is attaching to your memory and the thought of it. Right. So you could, you could literally be on, on the the therapy saying this horrible thing happened when I was a kid and it made me feel so terrible. And I hate that it happened. I don't know what the terrible thing was. (laughs) I, I don't know what happened. Okay. And that's okay. I don't need to know. You just need to say it so that it comes out because when, when you're thinking about that, that trauma, that, that event, um, the therapy is going to work with your voice and with your energy. And so if you don't really want to get into those nitty gritty details, you don't need to. And I think that's a big thing that has helped people feel a little more comfortable um, because sometimes they don't want, they don't want to share all that and that's fine. And then you have the opposite, right? You have people like me who just share everything. <laughs> open, I'm a really like open, honest book, but now I can appreciate not everyone's like that. And that's okay. The people who, who, who struggle with getting their voice out, it's okay. Uh, because the therapy is going to always work and it can meet you where you're at in your life. I love that. And I really, really uh, think that's amazing. The it's, it's really not what you say, it's how you say it, you know, and, and your examples were great. And I think, uh, it's been such a disservice to us that in society and in work and in everywhere, we're taught to shove our emotions, to just bury them, to ignore them, leave it at the door. Right. But that doesn't always happen. That actually never mm-hmm. happens. We never leave it at the door, you know, and we're just really terrible at it simply because we're not meant to. Our emotions are there for a reason. They're, they have a message. They're trying to portray something to you, whether it's that trauma, whether it's you know, something deeper. And often it is, you know, often it really, really is. And it's how we're showing up. It's like not necessarily what we're saying because we're not aware of what's going on yet, but it really mm-hmm. is how we're saying this, you know, it's I'm hurting and I don't know why, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm pissed off and I don't even know why I'm pissed off, but something's pissing me off right now. Right. And as a result of truly understanding, getting that awareness that you keep talking about of, Oh, okay. This is, this is how my dad showed up. This is how my mom showed up. This is how I was neglected. This is, you know, whatever the the thing is, then we can really start understanding that, you know, maybe what we're saying is not necessarily accurate, but how we're saying it is absolutely going to always be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Thanks. (laughs) So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been an amazing conversation. And, you know, I think I actually might book a, a session with you sometime because uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated about this and learning more about it. But um, anybody, please go go check out Jenny's um, website, her program and learn all about it. Ask questions. And uh, let's let's see if we can transform some of this energy. Thank you so much, Cody, for having me. It's, it's always great to share this with anyone who's uh, you know, interested in listening. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And you have a great rest of your day, Jenny. You too.